Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finkson. <clears throat> On September the 4th, the night of September the 4th, I had a most wonderful dream. A dream in which Jesus himself was involved. It was so real. And I remember the distinct realization that Jesus was actually present in the room in my dream and was walking around just, I don't know if it's an auditorium or that, that really wasn't, it, the, <laughs> the essence was that Jesus was present. And he was walking around talking to different individuals, just kind of speaking as he walked around, touching different ones. And uh, I could sense the wonder of his presence. Uh, there wasn't any... and. You know, any fear in the sense of being afraid or of something being wrong. It was just so wonderful of his love and his presence with which he spoke to the group. And I remember in the dream, one person was really listening, hanging on every word that Jesus said until Jesus said something they didn't agree with. And then immediately they turned and walked away. And I remember seeing them walk away and there was this sudden awareness in my dream, in my spirit, of the power of disbelief. And it was amazing to me that the word was disbelief, not unbelief. That they just didn't believe what Jesus was saying and they turned and walked away. And I remember the awareness and almost a grief in my spirit of them walking away and, and also a warning. It was just like an awakening up to an, a warning that how little it took for us to miss what Jesus was saying. And in my dream, it was amazing to me. Jesus didn't t- stop talking. He didn't stop the flow of what he was saying. But the disbelief removed the person from the reality of what was being said. Jesus kept talking, and then I remember distinctly, it's as though he was turning in my direction, and Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And the word that stood out to me in that was live. It was like the word live was just illuminated. Not, And I really don't even have words to, to try to explain it. It wasn't that just that there was life in the words. But it was kind of like Jesus was saying to me, you're going to have to find life in the present Word of Christ. It wasn't that the Word was supposed to add something to my life. It was like this Word itself is indispensable to your living. Now, I haven't been able to get that picture of that person walking away from Jesus when they didn't agree with Jesus For a whole month. I hadn't been able to preach for a month. I've been waiting to say this. (laughs) Uh, And I want you to hear how I realize how our life depends on God's voice. Literally. I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. I want us to look at one verse there. John chapter 10. And this morning, I just want to lay the foundation for something that I think is very important. In fact, I think it's essential. In fact, it may be the most important thing that we could ever learn. Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep 
hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, Jesus said these words in the context of his teaching, describing himself as the good shepherd. And here's the thing that I want you to get the revelation of. Jesus doesn't want to command or bully you or to manipulate us into hearing and following and doing what he says. He's explaining how he seeks to care for us all. He's like the good shepherd who's wanting to care for his sheep. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. Now, our purpose at New Covenant, you've seen it many times. Hopefully, you've got it by now. We're inviting all people to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. That's been kind of the, the theme of, for us for the last multiple years. It's our purpose. We believe that's why God has us here. But there was something this dream made me realize that so often we talk about Jesus speaking and our hearing But we often don't see that last part. They follow me. They follow me. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at following the voice of God. And I want you to know, I want this to be as practical as I can make it. You know, how do you know when God's speaking? How do you know what the voice of God sounds like? What what keeps us from hearing Him? And what if you miss it? What if you miss it? What if you you don't hear him? What if is life gonna how, how are you gonna find life without this? How do you read the Bible to hear God speak? Does God speak to everybody? We're gonna be talking about these things. I hope you'll be here and I hope you'll join us over the next few weeks. This morning I want to just lay the foundation for this whole study with Talking about the voice of God, valuing the voice of God. The title of the message basically this morning is just valuing the voice of God. God hasn't lost his voice. He still speaks. And there's life in his word. But here's the thing that I want you to hear too. His voice is more than the words. That's something that I'm learning. That there is that God has a voice. The Bible translates... The English, we, we trans, it's translated into English voice 328 times in the Old Testament. In Hebrew, the word for voice is kol, K-O-L-E. It means sound, noise, or voice. Psalm 29, 3 says this, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice is not just about what he's saying. It's the reality that he's sounding. He's sounding himself. In Greek, the word is phone. It means sound or noise or voice. The idea here with God's voice is that God is disclosing himself. It is He's revealing himself. He's making himself known. Heard, revealed. The word phone in Matthew 3.17 when Jesus was being baptized and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. God is sounding, is revealing Himself. He always has. He always will. God is revealing Himself. 
Hebrews chapter 1 says that God has spoke in many different ways through the prophets and all the... The whole point is God is expressing Himself. Not always in English. Have you noticed that? Sometimes God speaks and you don't have a clue, but you know it's Him. God speaks. And inherent in the voice or the Word of God is the power, the life, the DNA of God Himself. In other words, when God speaks or when God sounds or reveals Himself, it's not just the sound, but the sound carries the very presence of God Himself. The voice of God. It's the expression, the, the, the outflow of His very life. That's why it, it's in Isaiah, uh, the voice doesn't go out without accomplishing what he, for what He sent it. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. He says, My word will not return unto me void, empty, without doing, without accomplishing that for which I sent it uh, for my own good pleasure. God is out to reveal Himself. In fact, the worlds were created by the voice or the sounding of God. The world was created by Genesis 1-3. Then God said, let there be light. And what was there? There was light. He sounded it into existence. We know that it was words because it was written. But I got an idea that what God did was... He expressed Himself and the light came into being. For God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. He sounded, He expressed Himself and something happened. The world was created. Creation came from the voice of God. So did mankind. In Genesis 1.26 it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God is a spirit. We know in John it says, God's a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. When God created mankind in His own image, He made us spirit, soul, and body. What I want you to hear is, God created you with the capacity to hear His voice. All men, everyone. He created us to be a responder to His voice. You were created with the spiritual capacity to receive God's voice. Man fell from his place with God by listening and following another voice. Satan talks to Eve, convinces her to eat from a forbidden tree. She gives it to Adam. Their eyes are open and they're changed. Now, I found something that's very interesting. It's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And I'm going to read it from the King James Version because it uses and translates the word that, that we're talking about. In verse 8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They heard the voice of God walking. Have you ever heard a voice walking? I have, but my wife. A voice walking. Now, some translations will say the sound of God walking. 
But the literal word is the same Hebrew word that's translated over 328 times as voice. What I want you to see is the voice was the very presence of God. God was all about disclosing himself, all about revealing himself, being in the midst of his creation, being in relationship. You see, the voice of God is identified with his presence. And that brings me to a point, the most important principle that you're going to hear throughout this whole series is hearing God's voice is not so much about getting information or even getting commands. It's about relationships. God has done everything necessary in disclosing Himself to you for you not only to hear Him, but to live in a conversational relationship with Him. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Both of us are involved in that. My, I'm the sheep. I, the sheep, hear His voice. And I, the sheep, follow Him. I mean, there's, both sides are involved. In other words, God's not just out expressing Himself, hoping somebody will catch it. There's a relationship. This whole thing about God's voice is for God to disclose Himself that He might be in relationship with His people. In fact, let me just say this. You cannot be a Christian apart from the voice of God. By grace you've been saved through faith. But I want you to listen to me. Faith comes, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now listen to me. It didn't say faith comes by having heard. Faith doesn't come by learning. Faith doesn't come because you finally come to understand and you've reasoned something out and you've come to a rational decision that you're going to believe in God. Faith comes by hearing. There's this disclosure, there's this outflow of God's life into you that births faith in you by which you believe in Him. You can't even be a Christian apart from the voice of God. He awakened you, and we'll talk about that more in a moment. But the whole point I'm trying to say is God's speaking. God is has a voice. He hasn't lost His voice. But the problem is, God wants you to know Him. God wants us to walk with Him. But if we're honest, we don't want to hear God so we can know Him. We want to hear God so we can know how things are going to be with us. I don't want to hear God to know God. I want to hear God to know what He knows about me. You see, what I really want from God is information. I want direction. I want Him to give. tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Right? How many of you live in a relationship where you don't listen too good? And you get told you don't listen too good. I'm not talking about marriage. You know, isn't it amazing? Sometimes Connie and I, we just, just tell me what to do. She doesn't want to tell me what to do. She wants to talk. She wants us to converse. And let me tell you something, 
the number one problem in marriages is not com- just communication, but talking, intimate, getting to know and really understanding one another. Let me tell you something. That didn't come up with us. It came up with, us, with God. God wants you to know Him. And the way you're going to know Him is by the voice of God. You're going to know Him because He wants to live in a, 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 a living, conversational relationship with you. Well, you know, we, don't, we want to know God's will. Number one question asked the preachers is, what's God's will? How can I know God's will? How can I know God's will for my life? Well, what do we want? Really, we want to know, God, what you have in store for me. In other words, God, I really don't want to know what you think. I want to know what you think about what I think. We want to know God's will for our lives so we can be sure we're safe. We're okay. We want God to tell us what we need to do so we can be satisfied and be comfortable. And let me tell you, for most of us, we think it would be easier to have a list of rules than to have a relationship. God's always been about relationships. How did we lose it? God spoke to Adam and Eve. He spoke to the children. He even spoke to Cain. You realize that? Cain murders his brother. And the Bible says that Abel's blood cried out. There was a voice. He said he heard the voice of Abel's blood crying out to him. And God speaks to Cain. And he warns Cain. Cain, sin's crouching at the door. Listen, if I would have been God, I would have said, you murdered your brother, I'll murder you. Most of us think that's what God was doing. Listen, God was warning Cain because God still wanted a relationship with Cain. The voice of God was God's presence there giving Cain opportunity. Do you understand that God's all about relationship? When you read your Bible, if you just read commands and you read rules and you read things and you read expectations, you're missing the voice of God. You saying God doesn't command? Yeah, but He commands in relationships. How did we lose it? God talked to Noah. God talked to Enoch. You realize he talked to Abraham? Abraham was an idolater for 75 years, and then one day the voice of God transforms his whole life. He hears. He responds, and he leaves everything to walk with God. He he leaves everything to follow the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Then God calls Moses. You remember where God met Moses? In the desert, right? In a bush. God's voice comes from the bush. He gets Moses to deliver his people from Egypt. He's going to make them a nation, an example of how he wants to have a relationship with the whole world. And so he's going to let the world see how he relates by having a nation of his own. And he brings them out of Egypt. He leads them and He feeds them, as Chris told us over the last week. And, 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 and they come to Mount Sinai. Two months 
after leaving Egypt, Moses goes up to meet with God, and God tells Moses to tell the people. It's found in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. Exodus 19, 4. Jesus, God, God tells Moses, you tell the people this. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, let me just stop that right there. When God brought the children out of Egypt, where was he bringing them? Most of my life, I've thought to the promised land. Right? He brought them out that he might bring them in. Did you see what this scripture said? I brought you out to myself. I delivered you from Egypt to bring you to myself. Isn't it amazing? We're so destination, accomplishment oriented. We think that when God's going to speak to us, He's going to tell us something we need to do, something we need to accomplish. Do you realize that God wants to talk to you just because it's you? He wants to know you and He wants you to know Him. I brought you out. Have you ever thought that God saved you just for you? That God delivered you from sin? Delivered you from condemnation? Because He wanted a relationship with you? You see, you can see that, you know, I am totally insignificant. I don't measure up. I don't, you know, and then all of a sudden you realize how He loves you and you think, man, I am somebody. Both are true. I am absolutely nobody and by God's loving me made me absolutely somebody. The voice of God. He brings us to Himself. Now let's go back. I've got to get back here. I'll run out of time. Therefore, now therefore, He says, if you will indeed obey my voice. Now let me give you the definition of obey, okay? If you're going to hear it all this series. Obey means to listen under. To obey is not just to do, but it's to listen and respond. Okay? Obedience is not just to do. Obedience is hearing and responding. If you will obey my what? Yeah, but before the command, there was a voice. If you will obey my voice, remember, voice is presence. Voice is not just, let me say this, voice is not just what God's going to say. Voice is God saying it. Proceeds out of my mouth. You with me? Voice is not just hearing words. Voice is hearing God. Sometimes without words. There's an awareness of God's presence. Even though you don't know what he's saying. The voice of the Lord moved on the deep. The voice, he said, if you'll obey my voice and keep my covenant, covenant's a relationship, then you'll be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine. Look at verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Priests are someone who goes between God and his creator. Priest is one who goes between God and man. In other words, God intended the whole nation of Israel to have a personal relationship with himself. God intended for the whole nation 
to have a relationship with Him. He brought them out to bring them to Himself. Not to a land, not to an accomplishment, not to a goal. He brought them out to bring them to Himself. He Himself was the goal. The promised land was the gift. But the promised land, you know why God led them through the wilderness? So that they would learn how to depend on God. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 8, read it sometime. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, is where man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And it says that God led you this way so that you will know how to live with Him. The wilderness wasn't a punishment. The wilderness was a journey with God's presence to bring them to a place they could understand how to live in a promised land. Most of us have never really gotten into a relationship with God to the point that we could live in the promised land. That's another sermon. You'll probably hear it. Okay. God is bringing them to Himself, right? That's what God wants. I brought you out that I could bring... I led you out on eagle's wings. That I, I destroyed the enemy to bring you to Myself. If you'll obey My voice, if you'll listen under My voice, you'll all be a kingdom of priests. Now I want you to look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. And I want, it's going to be on the screen. Now all the people witnessed or saw the thunderings. The word thunderings in the Hebrew is voice. They saw the voice, the thunderings, and the lightnings, and the sound of the trumpet. The word sound there is voice. They heard, they witnessed, they saw the voice. They saw the lightning flashes. They saw the trumpet sound. They saw the voice of the trumpet, and the mountain was smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And then they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear, but don't let God speak to us lest we die. They saw the voice and said, We don't want to... We don't want that. We don't want that. What we want is for you. I mean, let's kill you off. If people are going to die, let's just let one of us die. The rest of us... In other words, here's what they're saying. Moses, you tell us what God's saying. And we'll do it. You tell us. In other words, just tell us what to do. And right here, I think, is where you find where everything changed. Now they began to have to live according to rules, had to live according to commands. They had to live according to what somebody else said God was saying. Have you ever tried to live by what somebody else said God's saying? You can get so confused because everybody's saying God's saying everything. What if, God never intended for us to listen to what everybody else saying God said and heard what God was saying for Himself. What if He wanted you to live in a conversational relationship with Himself? He brought you out of sin to bring you to Himself. God has the ability to speak to you. You have the capacity to hear Him. The only problem is not the ability. The problem is the willingness to follow the voice. You see, we don't understand that God doesn't speak to give us information or even direction. He does guide us. He guides us with His presence. 
His voice is His presence. I'm going to show you that in a moment. The other thing is, God's voice, remember I said God's voice has His life in it, has His DNA in it, that God's voice is His presence. The Bible literally says God's voice gives life. Now, when I say God's voice, Jesus, in John's Gospel, John chapter 6, in John's Gospel, Jesus offends the crowd. You know, sometimes God's voice offends, right? He offends the crowd because He's telling them that He's the bread of life. And they question Him and He tells them that whoever eats His flesh and drinks His blood has eternal life. And they're offended. And His disciples even come to Him saying, Jesus, that's a hard teaching. We don't really understand what You're saying. I mean, you know, the law says this. The rules, the rules said you don't eat flesh with the blood in it. But You're saying, God, I don't get it. Have you ever not got it? Don't you listen to what Jesus answered. John chapter 6, verse 63. He makes an extraordinary statement. Not, now, here's the thing. This statement that I'm about to read is not a statement. It's a promise. It's not just a statement. It's a promise. It's a revelation. It is the voice going out. Listen to what he said. John six sixty-three. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The King James says here, it is the Spirit who quickens. The word quicken in the old King James language means this. It means to make alive. It doesn't just say the Spirit gives life. It just says, it literally says it's the Spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. I want you to hear it again. It's the Spirit who makes alive. Let there be. And there was. God is Spirit. It's the Spirit who makes alive. Now listen to this next part. The words that I speak to you, they are Spirit and they make alive. The words that I speak to you, they come from me and they have my life in them and on them and they bring with themselves the life that I'm intending. The presence of God is in His Word. And in His presence is life. It makes you alive. When you get a word from God, when, the, when, you, when I say get a word, most of us think we have to understand it. Sometimes God gives you a word and it's inaudible. You just know. You say, well, how do you know? How do you know you're in love? How do you know you're in love? How many times have you told, you'll just know? In other words, with the voice of God comes the presence that you know is present. You can't define it. You can't explain it. You can't tell it. You can't, you can't make anybody else know it. It's just you know. The Spirit makes alive. And the words that I speak to you are Spirit and they are life. And, you know, Jesus then, uh, the challenge of our faith, 
It's not the ability to hear the voice of God. This came from Bill Johnson. I just think it's so incredible. The challenge of our faith is not the ability to hear God or hear His voice. The challenge to our faith is the willingness to hear it. You see, I don't want God to tell me what to do. I want God to agree with me what I want to do. I want Him to bless it. So I'll pray about it so that I can either know what's coming up or I can know what I shouldn't do or I get trying to get twist His arm to get Him to do what I want Him to do instead of being in a conversation or relationship. Let me tell you something. Connie doesn't just want me to do what she wants me to do. She wants me to live in a relationship. In other words, we want to do this together. We even talked about that this week. It's amazing. We literally, literally are one in the Spirit. You say, well, that can't be. It is. Because that's what God said we are. You see, when God's Word goes forth, it makes alive. You want to be one in spirit with your husband or with your wife? Then ask God to do it. Say it, God. He's already said it. Agree with Him. Follow it. He makes it come to pass. It's His life on it. But you see, most of us in marriage, we don't want what we want together. We want what I want. No, I want chocolate. She wants to diet. He wins. Why is it we have a problem? The challenge of our faith is our willingness to hear our willingness. The challenge of our faith is our willingness to hear other voices. There's so many opinions and messages and ideas competing for our attention and ultimately our affections. And they're pulling us away from the one voice that makes alive. And all those voices are bringing us to death. Bringing us to emptiness. Bringing us... In our, and we're willing to hear it. So, John 6, verse 67. Then Jesus says to the twelve, Do you, you also want to go away? All these people step away. They leave Him. They're, they're, they're not going to listen. They're, it's the turning away. They didn't agree with what Jesus... It's my dream. It's my dream. They didn't agree with what Jesus was saying and they turned and walked away. And Jesus didn't go after them. And he says to his disciples, are you going to also go away? And listen to what Peter said. It's in verse 68. But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words that make alive. If we really understood that the voice of God makes alive, we wouldn't have to worry about these other voices. But you see... We think the other voices are going to bring us life, going to bring us to the destination, that are going to give us guidance, that are actually, they line up with according to how we feel. The voice of God makes alive. And we live in confusion and death because we don't follow the voice. God. You'll only follow the voice that you value. Have you noticed? I have commentaries that I, I have favorite authors. I follow different authors. Why? Because they agree with me. 
or I like the way it sounds. I have favorite things that I, I tend to agree with those who agree with me. How about you? Isn't it amazing? We, we listen to who we value. Now, we say we value what God has to say. But we listen under who we value. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. To follow, you must value the voice of God. How do you, let me give you a story. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel was brought by his mother to the high priest to serve the high priest because his was a miraculous birth. And she had made a promise that if God gave her a son, she would give him back to God. Samuel in the Old Testament, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, Samuel is in the temple ministering to Eli. And look at verse 1. Then the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And while Samuel was lying in bed, verse 4 says that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli. Now it says the Lord called Samuel, and he runs to Eli. How many of you have ever run to the preacher? That's That's what's happening. Samuel hears God and runs to the preacher. Here am I. Well, the preacher didn't say it. Eli says, I didn't call for you. Go lie down again. I'm in verse 5. And he went and he lay down. Verse 6. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I didn't call you. My son, lie down again. Now look at verse 7. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. God calls before you know Him. The voice is going forth before you know Him. This is good news for a lost world. The voice of God is still going forth, calling, calling. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Well, he's working in the temple, serving the high priest. Eli surely had, had shared with him the scrolls. Eli would go in on the Day of Atonement and make sacrifice on the holy place. Surely, Samuel didn't know the Lord. Why? Because he had not understood, he had not yet understood his voice. The flesh profits nothing. It's the Spirit that makes alive. It's the voice of God that quickens. And the Lord called to Samuel again the third time. He arose and he went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. And Eli perceived, Eli finally gets, preacher finally gets it. So Eli finally perceives that this is the Lord calling the boy. You know what this means? The voice of the Lord spells, speaks to Eli. Now, he didn't understand the words. He had the impression 
he had the revelation, this is God. This boy's been waking me up three times now. This isn't about him. This is God. Notice that the Word of God was rare. There wasn't much revelation. Now there's a revelation. And with the revelation comes responsibility. And Eli says to Samuel, go back and lay down. And when you hear that voice, verse 9, Therefore Eli says to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. Now I want to tell you, I've read this story a lot of times, but verse 10 just popped at me this, this week. Look at verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called. How many of you, when you think about God speaking to Samuel, thought it was just a voice coming into the room? The Lord was present. He comes and He stands and He calls to Samuel. When God speaks, listen to me please. When God is speaking to you, He's present. He's not speaking from somewhere to you. He's right there. He's present in the voice that's talking to you. He's present in the voice that's impressing you, that's becoming conscious to you, that's making you aware. It is His presence. It's the voice of the Lord. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. In other words, at other times, He'd been right there. He'd been standing and calling. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord says to Samuel, All of a sudden, Samuel now has the ability to hear God and respond. Samuel tells. He speaks. Look what he says to Samuel. Behold, I'm going to do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And he goes on to give a message about Eli and his sons and what's going to happen. And all of Israel is going to be shocked at what God's going to do. Eli, next morning, guess what Eli asked? Did you hear it? What did he say? Samuel didn't want to tell him. Eli says, "Let it, if you don't tell me, let what you, you've heard happen to you. So he decides he'll tell it. And Eli, listen to me, Eli understood it to be, Eli did not hear God for himself. He understood what God told Samuel to be the word of the Lord for him. The voice of the Lord was present. That's a whole other sermon and I've got to get through. I love to preach. I sure wish you all loved to listen. <clears throat> Here's, here's, here's my prayer. I want you to look at verse 19. Here's my prayer for New Covenant. Here's my prayer for you individually. Here's my prayer for us as a congregation, as us a people of God. Here's my prayer. It says in verse 19, So Samuel grew. You know what I take from that? Samuel grew in his understanding of the voice of God. Samuel grew. He grew, not just grew up in the temple. He didn't just grow up in, in religion. He didn't just grow up in ministry. He grew in his ability, in his conversational relationship with the Lord. Now listen to the next part. And the Lord was with him 
and let none of his words fall to the ground. Everything God said to Samuel came to pass. God was involved by his voice. Here's my prayer for you and me. Here's my prayer for me. God, I want to grow so much in responding to your voice that not one word you say will ever fall to the ground. I want to carry it. I want to proclaim it. I want to live in it. God, I want to experience the voice of God, your presence in a conversational relationship with you until I'm face to face with you. God, I don't want one word ever to fall to the ground because of who you are. You want to know God? You want to hear His voice? Here's the question. Will you follow Him? Let's do what Samuel did. Speak, Lord. Your servants listen. That's all Samuel did. You see, we think we've got to figure out how to hear God. Figure out all the... You see, when God speaks... He makes alive. Speak, Lord. I'm inviting you this morning to set your heart to hear the voice of God. When God speaks, listen to me now, please. Don't expect it to come from the outside. I'm going to say it this way, and I hope you understand it. Don't expect it to come from Moses. Having heard. Expect it to come from the God who's present with you. And I can say this. It's not even sometimes in words. It first may be an internal desire. But it comes from within. And here's something I discovered. When you say yes to it, something is activated in you. Something comes alive in you. You may not understand it initially. You may not even know what to do with it. But you, when you say, speak, Lord, your servant listens. And when he speaks, when that voice and that presence, that impression, that whatever that consciousness is, that he comes to make himself known, to disclose himself to you. When you say yes, that word itself activates in you. And you come to be something you've never been before. The Word of God does not go forth without accomplishing that for which it was sent. All it needs is our response. Sometimes His voice is so familiar that we discount it. We didn't even know it was God. You thought it's too good to be true. Everything God does is usually too good to be true. Because it's God and He's good. The voice of God is present this morning. Here's our response. Speak, Lord. Your servants listen. Stand together with me. Father, I come to you recognizing that the greatest need in my life is the voice of God. The flesh profits nothing. Understanding profits nothing apart from the voice. Lord, I pray that you would open up our ears Open up our eyes to see the sound of the voice. Lord, whatever you want to do in our lives, do it now. 
for your presence and for your pleasure. This ministry team that's going to be available, maybe you need someone to agree with you. Then I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you've been hearing him all along. You've never, you've turned aside because it didn't agree with what you had wanted. Why not just set your heart to hear God? Because when you hear the voice of God, it itself transforms and enables, carries with it the very presence of the God who will accomplish it. I'm excited that God's speaking. Listen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.